A light has come, and Christ to thee we run. It's a confession in song. And um, now we'll go into confession and prayer. Um, confessional prayers and confessional songs are not um, because we're not forgiven and that we have to continually ask to be forgiven. But it's a statement of gratitude that we have already been forgiven. And um, scripture says, confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. And so some of the prayers that we sing and the songs that, the songs that we sing and the prayers we read, they're stepping into that healing. And today we're going to kind of focus on not only the things that we've done, but some of the things that we've undone or left undone. And a few weeks ago I had an opportunity, a little Holy Spirit nudging, to do something, and I kind of talked myself out of it, and I forgot about it. Like many of the things that we leave undone, we just forget about it. And um, now I really regret it. And so when I step into a prayer like this, it's really helpful to me because it's a stepping into healing of that regret. Not that I'm not forgiven, but I'm also um, healed. So if it's familiar to you and it's helpful to you, I invite you to join in the prayer. We'll take a long pause after um, the middle of it, and you'll, you'll notice when that is, to think about the things we've done and the things that we've left undone. And if it's not helpful for you or you're completely unfamiliar with this, then let the words just wash over you and, and don't feel the need to recite it if, if you're uncomfortable with that. So, um, yeah, follow along with me. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Thank you, Marta. Well, I'm about to show you a video of something that really happened in a, in a church um, a couple years ago. So first service thought we made it, and it's a joke. It's not a joke. Um, and I want to ask you, how would you feel? How would you feel if you had uh, been investing in a friend or a coworker or a family member? You had engaged them. You told them that you're a follower of Jesus. It makes a difference in your life. And after that conversation got going, you got to a point where you invited them. You invited them to come be part of the church of Jesus Christ, to grow for their whole life. And of course, you know how that goes. They are busy. They back out. About fifth or sixth invitation after you've been at it for about a year, they finally come. So the person you invited finally comes. They're sitting next to you. And then this happens. Son, don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. Now, you might do your English teacher that way, but I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah, you better, th you better nod your head. Yes, all right. Come on, put it right there. All right, you stay awake and you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. And where have you been, Mr. Underwood? 
And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? You're one of the sorriest church members I have. You're not worth 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell you all everybody here how much I love these kids. Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. All right. Give me a little love. I'm a real deal. All right. I know you are, too. But you ain't been here. You can't get this in any other church in town. Are y'all keeping the camera on me back there in the little video room? Good. We're having trouble in the video room. There's no one finer than young Cox back there. And he comes down here and spends hours in that thing. But he has a little attitude adjustment that we're going to fix. Brother Cox, you listening? Because, Brother Cox, I can fix your attitude adjustment. And I don't care what your mama thinks and your daddy thinks. And I don't have a better friend than your mama. But, Mama, you get out of my way when I'm messing with that boy because I'm his preacher. I'm, I'm yours when I'm talking to you. But I'm his when I'm talking to him. And last I checked, he's a grown man. And that video room ain't going to be a youth hangout. We might as well just fix this thing. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, son, you don't care about what I want to do right. Because if you loved me and you submitted to me, you'd know what my heart is and my message is and you wouldn't go about establishing your own kingdom in the video room. I really feel good now. Oh, I'll bet he does. <laughs> A lot to get out there. Oh my gosh. Well, how would you feel if I uh, saw the person next to you nodding off and just came down and tore their face right off in front of everybody and let the youth guy have it? We edited it down. He had a little something for everybody who was there that morning. Uh, clearly, we have some expectations of one another here in church. We have some expectations. Maybe we never voiced them, but I think I'm safe to say you're all expecting that I'm not going to do something like that on the day your friend shows up. We have a mission. We believe that mission comes from God. And so we have expectations of one another that we're going to act a certain way when this important mission God has given us to share the good news of Jesus Christ begins to unfold in our midst. When this great miracle begins to happen, we have expectations of how we're all going to behave in that wonderful moment. So we're talking this morning and, and last week about evangelism. Evangelism, sharing what we believe about God with someone else in hopes that they would come to believe it and live it out with us. Um, we said last week 
that uh, we recommend the three ends of evangelism. Invest, engage, invite. Um, I do recommend that podcast if you want to know more on that. But So this morning, I want to say, after you've invested, you've let someone into your life, you've gotten, you show you really care. After you've engaged, you let them know you're a follower of Jesus. It's made a difference. See if any conversation can come from that. Uh, after you've invited them, and you know, you'll have to invite them several times. People are very busy and a little apprehensive. But when they finally show up, when they're here, what happens next? That's what we want to talk about this morning. So we have a very simple outline of what can you expect of the, your brothers and sisters in this church community and what do we expect of you regarding these friends you're inviting. And uh, that's an easy outline, so let's get going. What can you expect of the church community? First of all, I will not light into the video guy right here in front of everybody. I got some stuff for you, Mark, but I'm saving it. No, I'm not <laughs> won't do that. Uh, Mark could really hurt me with some pictures he could put up that I can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Or he could post it to YouTube, I think, was that guy's revenge. Um, No, here's what you can expect of this church community. Uh, The music, the music will be rehearsed. It will be thought through. It will be excellent. Uh, Chris or Jen or Jason or Ben or Caleb, they all take their turn at leading us. They all think very carefully about the songs they have chosen for worship and how best to uh, lead us into those so they lead us into the presence of God. And that thinking and, and work will, will happen when the day your friend comes. Um, our preschool uh, through 12th grade stuff will be excellent. I think our preschool through 12th grade ministries are the best kept secret in town. I, I, I just wish there was a mountaintop somewhere I could yell out to everyone. They could hear what's, what's uh, going on here, what our community puts together for kids. Our preschool kids, it's not just daycare for an hour. They have snacks. They have lessons from the Bible. They have a time of singing. They have a time of play. It's a wonderful experience. Um, our elementary and middle school uh, students, they'll focus on a Bible passage or, or a Christian discipline for a month. And when they focus on that for a month, each week they come back and they come at it a different way so that each week engages different types of kids in different ways. One week might engage their brain, another week engages their heart, another week engages their soul, another week engages their body and all that activity. So they'll take the same Bible passage and they'll do it through drama or through art or through prayer, or through, they got a game show they do to learn the Bible. They've got uh, games on the soccer field designed to support the Bible passage. That's my son's favorite station. I'm thankful for it. And that'll happen when your friend comes. You can expect friendliness and helpfulness. We have people here to help whoever it is that you've cared about and invited find their way into Christian community. We have a class just for that class called Lakeland Essentials. Now, I messed up last week, and I announced that it was uh, today, it was Lakeland Essentials, and that, that's not accurate. Lakeland Essentials is on May 17th, two Sundays from now. And it's normally at several classes, but they're doing a condensed version because it's May, and uh, so there's going to be a 12.30 to 2 Lakeland Essentials on May the 17th. And I do recommend that to you. That's a way to, it's all about finding your way into church community. Um, We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Lakeland Connect. We have all these things that people use through the week to stay connected to the church and find out what's going on in the life of the church. If those things are not your way, we have a kiosk here on Sunday morning, that round desk out there with real life people 
for face-to-face, you know, help, direction, answer any question, or point you to the person who can't answer it for you. We're going to work a lot this uh, summer and into the fall on getting more things for the uh, social media that you can share with friends that you are investing and engaging with so they can feel like they've seen a little bit of our church community and they've experienced a little bit and they've checked it out thoroughly before they take the big risk of coming here. You know, it's a big risk for people. They don't know that something like that video is not going to happen to them. So uh, through things we will give you to share on social media, we hope that maybe they can have a little more comfort before they even show up for the first time. So uh, tomorrow morning, Doug Johnston, our new director of technical and communication arts, starts his first day on the job. And that'll be one of his tasks to give us more um, use of technology and to share our faith and share the church. So the Wizard of Lakeland starts tomorrow. Good luck to him. Um, We've got all kinds of events that you can expect to give people places to hook in beyond Sunday morning. We have Lakeland Camp. We have men's breakfast. We have women's events. We have morning prayers. We have small groups. So many handles on this streetcar. Places to get involved and latch on and grow in Christ. You may expect that we will preach from the Bible. We will preach from the pages of the Bible. And if the message is one like this morning where it's not coming right out of a Bible passage, it will be inspired by the words of great people who have learned from those pages. C.S. Lewis, Anthony of Egypt, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who probably informs most of today's message, Evagrius Ponticus, Coy Ten Boom, Athanasius. These are the spiritual giants of Christian history whose faith was tested by God, and they passed big time. So these folks have things to teach us about following Jesus. Everything we preach will be about Christian living and how you and anyone you invited can grow closer to God. We will preach consistently and always, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. These things you may expect of the church community and your brothers and sisters here. So, Second part, then, is what is the church community expecting of you? When it comes to all these people we're inviting, what is the church community expecting of you? And the first thing is that everyone will use one of their spiritual gifts. It comes from the scriptures, uh, Romans and Corinthians. Um, We believe that God has given each person a way to serve in the church. So if you have come here enough time now to feel like this is your church home and yet uh, all you still do is you come in and you sit down and you worship and you you pray and you learn but then you leave you're hurting the church because we need you we really need you we need those gifts that God has placed inside you to make this proclamation powerful and effective We have two services here at Lakeland. We have an an early and a late. Um, We don't need them. We could, with all these chairs and how large our youth spaces are, we could easily fit everyone into one service. We do two on purpose so that you never have to choose between serving the gospel and growing in the gospel. So the idea is that you would come and you would be in here and you would um, hear the word of God, you would worship, you would receive the sacraments while other people are serving your children and serving those you have invited. But then you'd switch and they would come in and sit down and worship and and receive the sacraments while you serve their children and the people they invited. We call it serve one, attend one. 
If you're only doing uh, half of that, you're missing half of everything that could be going on. So we ask you to, to not do that to yourself. Now, a lot of people ask, what would I do with my kids if I did that? Uh, teenagers are absolutely welcome in this sanctuary. Every uh, sermon that I write, I include something for teenagers. I'm, I'm going to a meeting right after this to invite uh, those moving in the ninth grade to join us here in the service and, and make that pledge to them. As far as the toddler and elementary kids, they can totally do kids' own or fused or preschool twice. Um, I mean, how many times do your kids at home put a video in, and when it gets to the end, they just start it over? It gets to the end, they just start it over. Disney now just has it do it automatically to save you the trouble of having to go hit the button. Kids do the same thing over and over. They love that stuff. Now, truth is, we, they don't really even have to do that here because we have it designed so that the kids who attend both services get to do a different station the second time. So they really don't have to do it over and over again anyway, but they would. They would gladly. It's not a problem. We can do this. And, and lots of folks, a lot of you do. Thank you. Now let's talk about your spiritual gifts. Some of you have gifts for serving behind the scenes. You don't want to be up drawing attention to yourself, but you want to help behind the scenes. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that. We need people to, to shine up this building in the morning. This building gets used all week long. I don't know if you drive by through the week, but the parking lot is never empty. Um, in the evening. It is a mess by Sunday. Even though we have a cleaning crew, they can't keep up with seven-day-a-week usage. So you don't want the person you invited or your friend invited to come and be met here by a stopped-up toilet and dead roly-polies all over the floor. It's really gross. (laughs) So you serve them when you come and clean that up. Some of you have gifts for technical devices. You could run these video screens. This is a access to worship for someone you know when you invite if if this person invites their sister-in-law she needs a way to know that the words of the songs are lord reign in me reign in your power in my darkest hour lord reign over all i am she needs a way to sing that you could provide that we have folks right now on our video screen team who are doing it twice a month but they would like to do it just once a month so you could come alongside them and you could do it once a month with your technical skills and everyone would be happy and the proclamation would be more powerful. They can invite a friend and know they're going to sit next to them. And you could do the same. Some of you have gifts to love small children. Some of you to guide teenagers. Some of you to welcome people. Some to serve coffee with a smile. All of these are opportunities for us to make a church and an environment that says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Everyone is welcome. So in your program this morning, you should have a blue slip of paper. And this is a place, particularly for those of you who haven't yet found a place to use the gift God has given you. You may not even know what it is yet. Take a tour and see what stirs. So there's all these different ministries on there, and you can just give us your name and contact info and circle one of those. Now, you're not signing up for the team. You're signing up for someone from that team to lead you on a tour to say, this is what we do on a Sunday. And then you can look at it and actually see it and go, oh, I could do that. I would like that. Or you could go, oh, no, oh, no. So we don't want anyone to have any unpleasant surprises in serving or end up in a place where they don't feel competent. So you could take one of these tours and decide and then decide if you want to join it or if you'd rather move on and try a different tour. So if you've not yet found your place, I encourage you to fill that in and turn that in at the basket as you leave today and someone will contact you and let me know if that doesn't happen Um, and uh, find that place. We definitely need you.
there's not a, a area of this church that wouldn't love to have you come alongside and carry just part of that load. What else are we expecting of you in regards to these people we're going to invite and hear the word of God? We expect you to stick around. This is a big one. We expect you to stick around. Do you remember in high school? Do you remember in high school that some girls would, would break up with their boyfriend just to see if he would chase her down and beg her to come back? Do you remember that happening every once in a while? Do you remember how like sick that was? <laughs> Do you remember how immature that was? And the sad thing is that some folks grow up and they still use that behavior in their relationships and some use it with the church. Now, I can promise you if, you, if you try to break up with this church and wait for someone to beg you to come back, that it won't happen. It won't happen. We don't solve our insecurities by breaking up with one another. If I should say something in this sermon this morning that you find inappropriate, your, your correct response is not to stay home for two months and wait for me to notice. I want you to do what Stacy did. Now, Stacy is not her name because I didn't ask for permission to tell this story. But Stacy is real and this story is real. It's just not her name. But Stacy, one time after a sermon I gave, came up here and she said, not up here, but you know, up in the front. And she said, uh, you were not very loving today. You made fun of the church I used to go to. You made everyone in the sanctuary laugh at the church I grew up in and I loved. And that hurt me. And I said back, well, I, I didn't mean to do that. I, I don't even know what church you went to, so it's impossible I could have been making fun of the church that you went to. But for the next three months, when I came in in the mornings, Monday through Thursday, I pray back there in the corner, God dealt with me in prayer. He kept bringing up this thing she said, and the Holy Spirit kept saying to me, you liar. You did mean to make fun of her church. You may not have known which one it was exactly, but you knew what kind it was. You do think you're better than other churches. You did mean to make everyone laugh at it. You did hurt people, and you weren't speaking for me, and you weren't speaking in love. After three months, one Sunday morning, I saw Stacy leaving out the back sanctuary, so I hustled here off the platform, and I had to run to catch up with her. Stacy is a very fast walker. <laughs> I caught her at the front doors as she was getting ready to exit the building, and I'm sure I scared her to death. When I stepped in front of her, I said, wait. <laughs> I said, you rebuked me about three months ago. And I'm sad to say it has taken God three months to get it through my head that you were right. I was not speaking in love. It was a misuse of this sacred pulpit. And I want to ask for your forgiveness. She made me a better Christian that day. She made this a better church that day. And it only happened because Stacy came straight up to me and she said her piece. And when I fired back a lame excuse and I didn't really even listen to her, she stayed in the church anyway. I suspect she knew that this was God's church and God would eventually straighten my sorry soul out. 
So I say, God bless Stacy. That's the church. That's the church. That's what makes it a church. What else are we expecting of you? I expect you that you would guide this person you've invited into community as best you can. Don't get too caught up in finding all the information for them. You, you can do that at the beginning, but don't become their sole hub and connection to the church. Help them as early as you can begin to find their own way. Teach them where the kiosk is. Teach them how to use Lakeland Connect. Teach them who's in charge of the different things that you think they may be interested in so they can form their own connection and relationship that's not permanently mediated through you. You certainly don't want to become their complaint department after they get comfortable enough to start complaining, right? So help them be connected to the rest of the church. There'll be things they like and things they don't like and they need to learn to find their way through and you can help them do that. Um, you might uh, go with them to the first few events. You might say, hey, are you going to the potluck on Pentecost? I'll, let's sit together. Do you want to take the Lakeland Essentials class? I'll take it with you, especially in that condensed version. Here's something that everyone can do. Here's an expectation we can all do. We can start today. I'll try to give a reminder until we get this into our DNA. But for five minutes after this service, everyone can introduce yourself to someone you've never met before. Just in the first five minutes, introduce yourself to someone you've never met before. Now, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it because I've done it uh, about half a dozen ways that went really badly. And so I'll just boil it down to a good one for you. You say, uh, hi, my name is Garrett. I don't think we've ever met before. And they might say, yes, we've met before. You say, oh, I'm sorry. Um, tell me your name again. And then you say, how many years have you been here? Don't ask, are you new? Because then they're like, I've been here for 15 years. What's wrong with you? So uh, you say, how many years have you been here? And they might say, 10 years. Like, well, I'm so glad to meet you. They might say, this is my first day. See what God does with that conversation. Now I'm telling you, after five minutes, all the new people are gone. They sweep right out of here. In 10 minutes, I can, after 10 minutes after the service, I can name everyone in the lobby by first name. So just for the first five minutes, just introduce yourself. Leave each other alone if you know each other and leave some room for someone to introduce themselves and you to someone you've never met before. Now, after five minutes are over, talk to whoever you want about whatever you want for as long as you want because by then, the new folks have swept on with life. So we can do that. Everyone can be known. I want to end. Uh, we're still away from the end. I hate those fake preacher endings. Um, <laughs> So this is not very near the end, but we're getting there. Um, I want to end with some expectations of um, what do we expect of this person you invited? Okay, yes. Do we really expect things of new people? We have to. Now, this has, been, this has been the hardest part of this sermon. Every time I've practiced this, I cringe on this because I was brought up and raised in the customer service church. You know, where we would look at anything that we were going to do and we thought, if that's too hard, if that's too scary, if that's unfamiliar, if that's difficult, if that requires any effort, we would engineer it right out of the church. And we'd say, well, new people don't want to do that. They don't want to work that hard. They don't want to think that hard. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to be exposed to that. We'd work it right out. And this is how we ran church for a long time while I was growing up. And I want to tell you that everybody that we brought to Christ by that method is no longer with us. 
the ones who remained were the ones at that time who we thought were just extra excited, real go-getters. They jumped in with both feet and they got involved and they did things. And we thought, well, they're just getting extra credit. It turns out they're the only ones who've lasted. They're the only ones who've lasted. Here's, here's why it is, guys. Why we have to expect something of new people. Because this is a spiritual journey. This is a spiritual journey. It is a hike into the mountains of God's country. And if we put folks on a tour bus and drive them through the mountains of God's country, they're going to do what everybody on a tour bus does, fall asleep. I was on the Hoover Dam tour bus, and I was the only conscious person after 30 minutes. You've got to walk. Jesus said, come follow me. Walk with me. Walk in my way. They've got to start this hike on their feet. Now, I want to have said this. Remember that I said this. They can lean on you in the beginning if their legs are weak. They may need you to carry them over a step or two. But don't get out the rickshaw and drag them everywhere. It won't work. It won't work. They've got to learn to walk. The church is spiritual, physical therapy. It is physical therapy for the soul. It is not fantastic caverns. America's only drive through faith. <laughs> so we expect even new people to take some initiative. Sign up for Lakeland Essentials. It happens here in just a couple of weeks. Um, it's a class just for new or newer people to find out what's important in this church. How do you do a spiritual journey? What's involved? It's like the... Uh, the video at the beginning of a hike that kind of shows you how the hike's going to go and the supplies that you'll need. That's what Lakeland Essentials is like, preparing them for the hike. We're going to need them to sign up for things. If they came because they were hoping the Lord could help them with marriage or parenting, when we offer a marriage or parenting class, they'll have to sign up for that. If they're looking for friendship and connection in the church community, they'll need to sign up for Lakeland Camp or to bring something to the potluck. We'll need them to show up to things. To show up for worship. To show up to hear the story of God. Show up for the prayer. Show up for the potluck dinner. Show up for the women's events if that's for them. Show up for the men's breakfast if that's for them. Show up for the small group they signed up for. They will have to invest time in their own spiritual growth. You can help them. You can invite them. You can go with them at the beginning. But they've got to begin to walk got to begin to walk. No one can make them participate and no one can give them the benefits of the Christian life without asking them to participate. I'll say that again. And you know that's true. You can't give the benefits of the Christian life to someone who won't participate in it. They have to participate in it. So we have to help them participate in it. We want a real relationship with this friend or loved one or coworker that you have invited, not a codependent relationship. In a codependent relationship, one person shows all the interest and the other person just sucks it in like a black hole. Um, we also call that customer service in America, right? One person is supposed to just provide and you're just supposed to receive. You give them some cash. Churches can run that way. We'll just provide, you just receive and just give us some cash. It's not the Christian life. 
The Christian life is a real relationship where both parties give something. Both parties pitch in. Both parties take an interest in one another. So we try to form a real relationship with the folks that you've invited through clearly communicated offers of next steps on how to grow. But they've got to sign up for it, show up for it, take a role in it. Everyone who does that thrives spiritually. Here's an expectation that sometimes starts. I don't think we mean it to be an expectation. I think we mean it to be a hope, but then it turns into an expectation, and then when it doesn't happen, we get scared or upset. And that is that the person you invited will immediately find good friends like you have found. The person you invited will immediately find good friends like you have found, and that doesn't happen that way. If you remember, it didn't happen that way for you. Um, Here's how it works. If your friend shows up and they respond with great excitement and they start coming to everything that the church offers, if they come to everything, they'll make a good friend in about a year. Now, I'm not saying no one will know them at all. I'm saying a good friend like you have, good friends, close friends, the kind that make a spiritual difference in your life, that will take them about a year if they do everything. They come to Christmas Eve. They come to Sunday morning. They join a small group. They go to the men's breakfast. They come to the special concerts. They do the hanging of the greens and the potluck dinners. Some of you behave just that way, and in about a year, you had good friends. I'll just throw out a name, Ignatius Martin. Today, he's running a triathlon. I know that because he's my good friend. He only came a year ago, but I know that because he did everything. Ignatius came to everything. I remember back here hanging to the greens, putting up a Christmas tree with him. And after a year, he has a fistful of good friends, but he came to everything. Now, not everyone has time to do everything. Not everyone's in a stage of life. So we just have to expect appropriately. If they can do about half of everything, take about two years have good friends like you have. People will know them, but I mean good friends like you have. If they just come on Sunday mornings, and that even assumes they rarely miss, so we get used to seeing their face, plus a special event here or there, it's usually about a three-year journey. If you never take Lakeland Essentials, all those times I gave you may double. Because Lakeland Essentials is a guide, an essential guide into community. It's also, here's what Lakeland Essentials is, is a place where you stick up your hand and say, I'm interested in this community too. I know you're interested in me, but I'm interested in you too, so I'm taking this class. I want to learn more about the church. What are the ways you recommend to grow? What's this place all about? When people stick their hand up for that class, pastors, staff, everyone takes notice. So you should do that. Okay, that's a lot. My goodness. That's a lot of expectations we have of one another. That's even a lot of expectations we have for for new people to begin their spiritual journey. But it's really all worth it. It is really worth it. When you see that neighbor of yours you used to hear fighting through the open kitchen window, learn how to stop escalating those arguments and to forgive one another and make that marriage work, that is a worth it moment. When you have a family member who is about to buy a house and you know they cannot afford this house and then they come to you one day and say, you know what we did? We prayed about it and we decided we're content and we're happy where we are. We're just gonna get new cabinets and call it good. Won't that moment be worth it? When your brother-in-law learns how to really love his kids as a father should 
Won't that be worth it? When you see someone you knew growing up only as a selfish, self-absorbed person, and then they say, I went to Haiti. I went to Mexico. I have served the children of the poor and it has changed me. That is a worth it moment. When the person you invited stands where I'm standing and they give their story of what God has done for them, when you see them go down into the waters of baptism, buried with him and raised with him, all these expectations are absolutely worth it. Not a big deal anymore if that's what happens. So let's end our morning in prayer. Let's end our morning in prayer together. We're going to have a couple of sections of prayer. They'll be silent so you can pray. But in the first one, let's focus on this, that the Lord would bring someone to mind whom you might invest in, you might engage in. They probably work with you or they're in your family or they're in your neighborhood that you could share that you follow Christ and it has made a difference. And just see what God can do with that. Maybe you already know someone so you can pray for an opportunity that that could begin to happen. So let's spend a few moments and pray together for that opportunity. Now let us pledge ourselves to God to be his ambassador. That when the moment's right to invite someone to become part of the spiritual journey, after we've told them something about Jesus, they trust us. They know we care. He'd make an opportunity. If he'll make an opportunity for us to invite them to be part of the family of Christ, that we'll we'll be there to give the invitation. Let's pledge ourselves to be available to God to be used that way. And all God's people said, Amen. We said evangelism uh, was sharing what we believe about God with others in hopes that they would believe it and come to live it out with us. So let us, uh, if we stand for just a moment and remind ourselves what it is we believe as we recite the essentials of our faith. Again, if this isn't something you want to recite, these aren't the essentials of your faith. Again, I encourage you to look at it and think, what would it mean for me to, to say those words, to live by that? How would that change? What would that be like? What are my holdbacks and my questions? And then seek answers to those questions. But for the rest, let's remind us what makes us, us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Uh, Let us stand together and receive the benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into these doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.